Domestic Angels by Prophet Terry. Acts 27, 23. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Preface. This book is an angelic journey into the mortal possibilities of entertaining strangers as angels and angels as strangers in the midst of our domestic living. Explore the immense possibilities of angels and mortals intertwining in the same body, in the same mind, at the same moment in time. This book also explores the fallible demise of gospel ministers consumed by domestic living and falling from their true calling, falling parallel at the same time with the same intertwining angelic beings of ministering lights. This intertwining of angels is in no wise meant to incorporate the worship of angels, just to fathom their unique existence. That is, if you believe in those sorts of things. Chapter 1, Starry Night Sky while driving along with an unnecessary speed on a desolate highway into the city to minister, I could not help but to notice the night sky filled with such a numerous number of stars. The stars seemed to beckon me with their splendor to stop and consume. Not able to resist their summoning any longer, I stopped my speeding and pulled over to the shoulder and made my way up a rocky incline to listen to what the stars would say. Sitting on the high rocks of a desert plain, I watched a sky filled with wondrous lights unadulterated by city lights. The stars seemed to glister forth a secret message that I so desire to understand as a deep thirst of soul began to unveil itself. As I sat, I began searching for the ordained purpose of life, the calling of the Most High, the betterment of life, the purest purpose of His will, wishing to be but a star for His glory. If only I could be like one of these that make radiant the night. But which one should I be? As I search the sky from east to west, from high to low, for the perfect one to set my affections upon. Perhaps it's not even our choice to choose. Perhaps we are who we are. But that seems so unenviable since we are faced with seemingly so many choices on a daily basis with each of these choices causing us to shine forth in brilliance before mortal kind or withdraw into an abyss of darkness unseen by mortal eyes and if we are to be seen as heavenly stars for our father's glory then should we not be seen seen for his glory of course and not for our own stardom. But how are we to be seen and not be seen? How are we to shine 
and yet not shine? How are we to witness forth light and remain dark as night? We would quickly say not to be seen as for our own glory. But that is just some metaphorical cliche that my heart still doesn't fully understand. How can I to be seen and not be seen? How am I to go forth and not go forth in my own knowing? That seems a bit psychotic or illusionistic. How does a star not notice that it is a star in the night sky? How am I to shine and not shine and still be a star for you, Father? All I wish is to bring you glory with the purest of decisions. But it seems that my purest of decisions are all greeted by the most slanderous of thoughts, insulting and rejecting my faith's requests. It seems as if I am a star hidden behind other stars and my every effort to come forth in sight is sharply nudged back with discourse by the other stars. Perhaps that is the reason why my soul reveals its deep thirst in this empty desert plain of night in discourse with the starry host, somewhat jealous, somewhat inquisitive, to know their secret relationship with the Father. Yet I know, Father, you have put all these stars in the sky, and you know them each by name. None has been that you have not appointed, that you have not ordained. Psalm 147.4 He determines the number of stars and calls them each by name. You have called me, this I know, and this not a decision of my own. For I knew not thy glory before, nor even to fantasize. A decision I knew not that even existed, but now I would forsake all for thee, my Father. But how do I shine and not shine? How do I live and not live? I exhaust for an answer beyond all cliches of false humility and poverty-stricken religion. For I know not how to hope and not hope. What is faith for but to hope to hope for something? How do I express faith with expectations of receiving and not express faith with expectations of receiving? How do I shine forth as a starry light for all to see and yet be hidden? Matthew 5.15 Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Father, these are your words. I quest for an answer. I am torn. How do I preach to the multitude of the city and reside still in the isolation of the country? How do I quest to be seen by the multitude and still content a layman? How do I extend my borders of success and not extend my borders of success? I desire so to be seen in the starry heavens, to give forth witness in the night. 
but yet no one seems to know my name but thee my father it seems still that i remain hidden in thy bowl and not on the starry stand with the heavenly ones i care little if my name is not known but i exhaust the shine for thee like these stars of night to make known to the whole world thy bright love chapter 2 shooting star as i exhaust the night away consuming the starry sky with my breath i saw a star shooting across the night sky from east to west so bright i couldn't help but from deep within myself to exclaim that is the star i wish to be that is the star i choose to be in this brief moment of mortal life as i stood and stared at the night sky for a moment and a moment amassed and amused with a stirred up new hope naive to the quest of my question that was still unanswered then roaring off in excitement i headed onward toward the bright city of my bright destination speeding onward as before i pondered my flight feeling chaperoned by the starry host of the night sky around me then i heard a stern angelic voice which started off faint but increased with certain intensity you know that the shooting star fell to the ground don't you the voice startled me metaphorically i understood that the shooting star fell to the ground but i also knew that i didn't understand clearly what the voice was exclaiming again i heard the voice saying you do know that the shooting star fell to the ground don't you i was but bewildered in my second quest to understand more than the first quest for i knew i was in trouble i knew i was in error my bright destination was not so bright anymore i knew i had wrongfully misunderstood something but what how could i be in error if i wished to give all my mortal life in all effort as a shooting spectacle of thy glory i pulled over to the shoulder and stopped a second time only this time i just remained seated prayerfully praying for insight into the angelic voice proclamation that the shooting star fell to the ground father i pilgrimage to understand thy way jude 1 6 and the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their proper dwelling these he has kept in darkness bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day second peter 2 4 for if god did not spare angels when they sinned but sent them to hell putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment then i understood simply 
that the shooting star metaphorically was an angel falling to the ground and not just an angel soaring across the sky in a show of great performance. Obviously, not such a pure decision on my part wishing to be like that falling star. Forgive me, Father. I didn't understand. Help me to understand. I don't want to end up as some fallen angel on the ground. How shall I give forth the glory in shame? To which I conclude, as I always conclude, when slandered by such thoughts. I had rather be a nobody. I had rather be a nameless star. Never to have been birthed a position in thy starry sky than be a fallen star shaming about on the ground. But what causes these stars to shoot to the ground? I quest the quester, the voice that renders such light. Father, what causes such devastating flight of an angel when once they were so secure in thy sight? A better question yet. Why am I so prone to hitting the ground by my delight over the one star fallen rather than over the universe that remained? Do angels make such a spectacle when they fall away? Do they draw such attention? Do men? Why do we focus more on the fallen, not on the fallen, for they no longer shine in the night sky. But why on their falling do we so stare? Why do we watch with such anticipation from the beginning of flight to diminishing of light? Why do our eyes remain not faithful to the faithful who continue to shine bright without tracing the flight of the falling to their diminishing of light. The shooting souls always shooting out of sight, but still we watch and trace their flight, though their final resting place be held. Prisons fair beneath the starry heavens. Do we question whether or not if the fallen stars will reap their just reward? fearful that they might escape and succeed or is there another curiosity one of being tempted to do likewise that is if they fly to the ground be successful again it is not the fallen we admire but the falling the tempting to do otherwise the tempting to be a spectacle if not to God, then to mortal eye. But ever since the first star to take a shooting flight of mortal stardom, the shooting stars have always failed to be a spectacle for very long. Philippians 2.14 Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky.
as you hold firmly to the word of life. As with the shooting star, we attempted to give more attention to the falling and see them as shining out more in the universe than the blameless and pure stars of God. But they amuse us. But for a moment, then our eyes go back to being enlightened by the righteous. That is until another star decides to rebel and leave the heavenly seat. We watch the night sky with the very hope of seeing another shooting and falling star burning out of control till they are no more. But it is the faithful that keep the night sky bright, not the falling. The falling draws only the attention of those who seek to be seen as spectacles, even if they are fearful to try. It is the falling that say that the falling are more noticeable in the night sky than the faithful. The faithful know that the spectacles are not spectacles, just falling lights. Father, your eyes are always upon the righteous. The unrighteous will never steal away your affection from us. But Father, what am I to learn from all of this? I do not desire falling but rising. How can I shine and not shine if I am ever given the chance? Still, I wish not to fall. For more than my wish to shine is my wish not to shame thy glory. Father, help me to understand. Help me to understand my falling attraction. Why am I so drawn to drink of a falling attraction? I do not desire falling but shining. How can I shine and not shine if I am ever given the chance? Chapter 3, Falling Attractions Genesis 6 from verse 1 When human beings began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward. When the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them, they were the heroes of old men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. These stars... Of the night sky looking over their balconies enticed to sip on the thirst of mortal men taste that the romantic desires for women and the romantic desires of women for men were wonderful so from their starry height they fled in spectacle pursuit to engage in domestic living not only were those shooting stars 
spectacles of romance, but heroic and renownedness, and so to their children, their followers. They were spectacular in domestic living before mortal men because of their extraordinary endeavors having been found God-like in nature. They used the heavenly wit of wisdom, knowledge, faith, and strength of healing, power, prophecy, and spiritual discernment, speaking, interpretation, for mere domestic living, and no longer for heaven's ordinations of the Father's will. And although mortal men should have been appalled by these rude invaders, they were more so provoked to jealousy and envy to be like adopting their many ways. These heavenly angels in great spectacle turned domestic angels, admired by all by their fading till their light no longer shined at all for the luster of heaven, but for the luster of men. No longer for the purpose of heaven, but for the purposes of men. They breathed for the luster of domestic living, for the luster of domestic purposes, far beneath their brilliance of calling and of being. Their shooting spectacular appear as angels of great faith rather than angels of great falling. They seem sure to steal the starry screen of the universe, but in the end they ended up residents of prisons of hell far from any mortal screen. For their great spectacular is not their rise but their demise. The flood comes and diminishes away all their tillage, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of the Son of Man. Then I understood the sheer awesomeness of these stars, of these angels, not the ones falling, but the ones remaining, faithful in the night sky, as to whom they are. We are those who know and have tasted the heavenly gift and have not been enticed away by the spectacles of mortal stardom of domestic living, who have not turned from heavenly light angels to domestic angels of mere domestic purpose. Hebrews 6, 4 It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. For surely at thou salvation's touch, my father, I considered myself more than immortal, called to live a mortal life in domestic process. For surely I was always destined to be a star for thy glory bright. For previously, I never had peace with the ordinary mortal life. 
I never seemed to fit into the so-called domestic scene. Indeed, then I fantasized as all mortals, but my fantasies drew as boring as my domestic living. How then shall I return to domestic living when I loved it not even then? Just to be a bleak spectacle in mortal eye, only to soon be replaced by some other bleak spectacle shooting down, thinking they shall never hit the ground, thinking they shall never burn out in midair, then to sit eternity in hell's prison with no drink to sip but public disgrace. John 6, 66. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We are those who are called to the glorious purpose of being guardian angels who sit on the night sky the mountain of our Father, and who dwell among the fiery lights of angels wise, with whom no wickedness has ever been found, and who seek not the trodden comfort of domestic living and the wealth of shining rocks, but prefer by far our guardian positions. Ezekiel 28, 14 You were anointed as guardian cherub. For so I ordained you. You were the only mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Chapter 4, Domestic Living We are those who have been mysteriously called to be entertained as angels to help those that shall inherit heavenly life. Hebrews 13.2 Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Hebrews 1.14 Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? If our Father can shine His light through us, how much more so can his angels? Although we seldom ponder the consideration, we could be entertaining angels within our decisions, even within our very being. Though most would think it ludicrous to think that we could be angels and angels could be us, is it? Maybe because... We tend to think the two as being separate and not inward and outward collaborating. They in us and us in them would explain their mortal capability and our spiritual capability. After all, the body without the spirit is dead. Falling angels not having in mind the ministering servitude of salvation sip the mortal straws of their own enjoyment of domestic living. Extraordinaire in wits, strength and spirituality, they indulge mankind all the more into the flamboyance 
of domestic living and thrust them further away from the starry night sky consolation of salvation. What of these shiny creatures of heaven? What did they see in domestic living that would cause them to dwell lower than the angels that they were called to dwell? What domestic ignorance have we been intoxicated by as our father's ministers that we too would leave the mountain of the starry night sky? Were they not as we attempted, lured away by a simpler loss for domestic living. Romans 1 verse 22. Although they claim to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles simpler to serve mortal man than immortal father did it seem easier to manage domestic living than immortal living is that why they would fall away fall from the starry night sky mountain in flaming pursuit of domestic living were these stars too lazy to keep shining bright for our father that they chose to lounge in domestic covering settle for a lesser domestic living living out their remaining light years in shooting display of mortal life living out their remaining light years as couch angels though they were eternally mounted on the starry night sky mountain of our father like precious jewels in a gold ring they forfeited such living for a domestic moment. Their light in the Lord was secure, but they unattached themselves, shooting off in boastful display as if to say we don't need the Father anymore. But the light of their shooting is no brighter than those stars that remain. It is just their falling to which mortals are so amused to trace and follow about. But soon the mortals will see that they have become just like them, mortal, even worse, lost in prisons dark where no lights ever shine. The light that burns out in feats of domestic living is only that light that remained from our having been on the starry sky mountain of our father. They shoot away mocking the stars that faithfully remain, reflecting the torch of our father's always yearning love. They think they have become wiser, wiser than all the stars that remain. They think they will become kings of domestic living. Is this why they fall? They think they will become kings of the mortal world, of the domestic world. Better to be a king of the domestic cavern than a servant of our father's starry night sky mountain. Did they become tired of living as heaven servants and choose a domestic death? What shame they have embraced. Why would they forfeit such an ordained living 
for such a lowly domestic living? Did they grow tired of learning wisdom high, always walking among the fiery stones of twice their bright? Did they feel inferior that they would never measure up to angels older and wiser? Did they grow tired of their teachers? Did they jealous them? Did they not know it is better to be a student of heaven than a teacher of domesticness? How to we attempted to settle, lured away by mortal lights, walking about beneath, forgetting we are their light. They are not ours. The domestic light is no light, just a reflection of our ministering light to them. We are ministering light unto the mortals. We have ministered to so many of their kind. We know domestic living has no light of life. Have we forgotten all the pain for which they spoke unto us? We know that domestic living has nothing to offer, nothing to live for, and certainly nothing to die for. How could we ever jealous for their pain when we have no pain? Do we as ministering angels so sip the mortal straw in our ministering that we jealous ourselves with their bacchanal, delighting in their brief moments of shining reconcile, forgetting the dark hours of domestic repression that generated the fused moment of delight that we more than concur over and over day after day and night after night must we so incur domestic darkness that we might delight in heavenly lights the relentless strutting of domestic living till heavenly lights they would concur forever to be the paradise of domestic living is to touch the starry night sky mountain of heavenly lights. But what shall be the touch of paradise for the falling? The fallen angels of heavenly lights, what forth shall be the paradise for which thou would wish, since paradise thou have so scorned? Second Peter 2.21 It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Chapter 5, Domestic Cowards Do we as ministering angels of heavenly lights, peering over balconies grand, sip in error mortal straws till we covet their domestic hogs of comfort? Intertwine until the two are one, till we become only half, covet the constant embrace of their familiarities, the waking up in the same familiar bed, facing the same familiar face, going about the same familiar day, trotting the same familiar work. Or is it just our cowardness not to shine forth? as ministering lights anymore, as if heavenly light angels have no reward for which to further hope that we would so covet domestic living 
till it be desired and material choice to the heavenly lights living of our father that we would so covet domestic living till our hearts grow dark of heavenly lights living and we choose the lower living of mortals as grander matthew 22 29 jesus replied you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of god at the resurrection people will neither marry nor be given in marriage they will be like the angels in heaven if domestic partnership and sexuality's bed is so grand then why is it not esteemed so in heaven father Thy power unto angels is that they are not so weakened by frail domestic living. Your angels do not need binding contracts of love and faithfulness to remain faithful and loving. Angels do not need domestic partners to embrace better the securities of living. Angels are friends to all the heavenly hosts. Angels are faithful partners to all the heavenly host. Neither do your angels, Father, need to embrace the promiscuities of domestic living to be living, to feel singular for their light to continue to glow. Perhaps the reason why we as ministers never marry or never marry happily is that our intertwining angels are far from being domestic. And the more we intertwine with angels, the more anti-domestic we become. Mortally, the fallen heavenly lights angels would defend their lesser sexual mortal bodies by saying they are not angels. But with the same domestic breath, they would say we are pure like God. Then they prove their erring slur by saying that heavenly light angels are meant to be like their father, who is not domestically married. 1 Corinthians 6 I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. 1 Corinthians 9.5 Don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us? as do the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cephas. 1 Corinthians 7.29 What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. It's not that we can't marry, but is it beneficial? Is it beneficial at the moment or is it just the sexual quest of the domestic body that needs to be mastered and overcome by non-domestic living? Maybe this is real star power given by the father 
to stars bright. It's not that we can't take a believing partner with us, but what is a partner and where are we going? And if we are married, how are we to live as though we are not? It's not that we as heavenly light ministers can't be married, but domestic partners, partners in domesticness, partners in domestic living. Is that who we really are? What is marriage without that settled down domesticness? Perhaps that is a better question. Mortally, the inherited sexual bodies of fallen angels would thrust to say, we are not just angels, we too are called forth to bear children. Yes. But not for self-security, not for self-approval, as to establish our own starry night sky mountain in contempt with our father's starry night sky mountain. Bring forth star-like offsprings that would worship us and serve us. Again, this is often more about domestic cowardness than fulfilling any precept of fathering humanity. More about saving the prestige of our own lives than giving our lives or giving life. Faithful angels are called to give ministering light through the mortal straw, not sip and indulge for their own esteemed recognition. We are called to give light through the mortal straw of domestic living, not sip on and use domestic living for our own faithless insecurities of identity. Not only do the fallen angels use their ministering heavenly lights superiority for romantic spectacles of domestic living but for anything domestically appearing heroic or renowned anything showy first timothy 6 5 and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. It's not that we ministers can't be heroic, even renowned, even successful, but it is for heaven's acceleration that we shine forth to gain. Maybe this too is real star power given by the Father to stars bright. The falling angels spur on the heavenly light's wits, strength and spirituality for mere domestic living, not only for boastful spectacles of romance, but for boastful spectacles of heroics and renownness, that they might be adorned for their shooting spectacles of turning their back on our Father, appearing as ministers of corrective hope for domestic living, rather than revealing themselves as the domestic scavengers of comfort that they have turned to be. The fallen angels of heavenly light waxed over on domestic juices, show themselves at first 
as if to have no shame, as if the comfort and solitude gains of domestic living are superior. Some fallen angels continue to minister in a diminishing light, as if to prove to the non-fallen angels on high and perhaps to themselves that they are not fallen, that they have fathered a higher glory. They deceive themselves and their mortal followers, using the last of their remaining heavenly light glimmer for domestic gains of comfort, and also to betray and teach the heavenly light secrets to mere mortal seekers, which would adorn them and serve them as not having fallen, but as being glorious. But these deceivers no longer move about by faith in the Father's light, but hide from the light, lest they appear darkened by their domestic minds. 1 Timothy 4.1 The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. In short, these fallen angels are mere cowards seeking to be served rather than served, seeking to be ministered to rather than ministering. And when they do minister, it is all for the wages of domestic comfort. Surely they seek compensation for their having been lazy cowards in the heavenly realms. Chapter 6, Domestic Risk was it a game of chance of domestic living that lured the angels down through mortal straws to overtake mortal bodies? Was it the game of chance to evolve life over death, success over failure, love over hate that so attracted them to gamble with their immortality? Were they attracted to play a game of life over death? A game of immortality over mortality, only for the chance to prove their immortality? Do the heavenly light angels rebel simply because they no longer have a fearful game of life over death to play? Is that what you have succumbed to think great living to be a risk, the danger and suspense of not knowing? If so, then you were never truly heavenly lights angels. For we would never gamble with our father's affection that he has so set upon us or the ordainedness of his calling or the feasting at his table. For angels to succumb to the shooting off adulteriness of domestic living is to delight in the fearful night flame of possibly getting caught. They indulge in the miserable night flame of adulteriness, risking their eternity to prove their eternity, that the Father would succumb to prove them all over again with his great love for them, that the Father would admit to shame for unfavorably rewarding their heavenly living. Matthew 4, 6. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, 
he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. We do not commit adultery initially to escape. If so, we would simply leave. We commit adultery to cheat, to get back, to get restitution for having been so overlooked by the other. Adam and Eve did not commit adultery so as to die, but so as to gain restitution. Adam and Eve's promiscuity in eating the forbidden was so as to gain, and so too the indulgency of these shooting angels. They whisk off from the starry night sky mountain living so as to gain evolve, get restitution for their so thought of unrewarded living. Why would angels risk all for a blessing when they are already blessed? Blessed more than mortals, higher than mortals. Why would they trade powerful angel wings of heavenly splendor for domestic hands? Why would they stop their shiny works of ministering to work with trifling domestic hands for mere domestic trivial. They succumb to befriend domestic living more so than heavenly living. James 4.4 4. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Revelations 9.20 The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshipping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that cannot see or hear or, or walk. Do these fallen lights not persist in their adulteriness out of hatred for the heavenly lights? Even though the heavenly lights remaining atop the night sky mountain convict them by their twinkling, out of hatred they trifle forward still with the works of domestic hands trying to forge a mortal living and refusing to repent. They vowed to playing a risky game of adulteriness for the thrill of a minute hope to evolve. That they might win the domestic plight and earn a place in the heavenly lights. Their fantastical obsessive dream is that they will one day outshine all the angels of heavenly lights. That they shall trod upon the starry night sky mountain and outshine all the stars that dwell there, and that the Father of heavenly lights himself might be forced to bow before them in shame, for so having not rewarding their once heavenly living. James 1.16 Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. These fallen angels 
about shifting shadows moving about on the ground. Their lights now shadowy, dim, hiding themselves from the unpolluted starry lights which remain faithful in their rightful place on the starry mountain of our Father. These shifting shadows, although they portray themselves as something, they are nothing, mere ghosts of what they could have been, now reflecting more of their sinister darkness unto the hearts of mortal men of domestic living. This is for sure, Father. True angels of heavenly light do not need to boast as to who they really are. It is quite irrelevant by their light. Neither do they need to toil out a mortal living, for the heavenly light citizenship affords their luxurious state. Whereas, the fallen angels must boast to keep their fading light lit, robing themselves in eloquent rags of domestic living to prove their now non-authoritative place. Whereas the heavenly light citizenship dwindles into the vast domestic darkness, they are always thriving to be seen in domestic chariots on domestic boulevards, thriving to be seen owning domestic palaces on domestic avenues. They are always thriving for spotlights on domestic screens, to be seen in domestic homes. They are always thriving for domestic complexes bearing the names of their domestic ministries. Colossians 2.18 do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. Jude 1.13 They are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame. Wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Chapter 7, Domestic Twinkle. Revelations 14, 4. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they remained virgins. They follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They were purchased from among mankind and offered as first fruits to God and the Lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. I suppose each person must interpret the star's ministering message of heaven as to what is pure, as to what is true in our own pure calling. This is to be for sure. We mustn't offend the ministering angels of heaven who minister unto us salvation, especially our own ministering angel. Matthew 18.10 See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that the angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. 
The siege of the falling stars is but a twinkle, twinkle. The first twinkle, a cowardly laziness not to continue to shine as heavenly lights. The second twinkle, a covetous hatred to outshine the heavenly lights. This too is the common twinkle, twinkle of mere mortals of domestic living. There are those mortals whose eyes reflect but the settling down spirit of angels thirsty for domestic comfort. Then there are those mortals whose eyes reflect a covetous spirit of angels thirsty for domestic gain. And these twinkle, twinkles of the mortals, they live as if they would never get tired of, the, of their domestic living and die. And so too the stars that twinkled to settle for less, that twinkled to evolve for more, will be surprised when they find themselves cast out on the ground with nowhere to hide. In nakedness and shame they shall bear all the eyes of all the stars that thirsten not for the frail humanity of domestic living. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. But we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. How those fallen stars shall shame when they look up never able to return to the heavenly lights. Woe to you angels who have no heavenly home. How bright you once were before domestic life you chose to morbidly entwine. Woe to you fallen angels who shall never again look out on the starry night sky of heavenly lights. 1 John 2.19 They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. They found heaven too boring to remain. For sure, true heavenly light angels can best be described as those angels that remain. They can best be described as those stars that remained in their places even in a dark mortal night sky. Continued ever to shine, unsettling and unevolving. They don't change like shifting shadows, moving about from here to there with every wave of domestic doctrinal winds. They remain a constant. They remain the same way in the same place in the starry night sky. You can count on them. They are unchangeable. And because of this solitude of counsel, they are guardians and guides in the dark nights of mortal domestic living. Matthew 2, 2. And ask, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. 
Father, your true angels don't fall, they rise. They don't just twinkle once or twice, their eyes twinkles forever, forever beyond the dark nights of mortal. Father, your angels don't thirst to settle for less than heavenly lights, and they don't thirst to evolve for more than heavenly lights. But to you, my Father, of heavenly lights, they be always true. Remaining faithful, faithful guardians, ministering lights to all those who would escape the darkened toils of domestic living and to becoming heavenly lights. Never mind our appearance of mortal clay, we are far from domesticated, far from settling down in cowardly, lazy, comfortable, domesticated clay. Far from grasping for more in covetous hatred, restituting domesticated clay. We are far from being domesticated, far from hanging our wings up to work domesticated living with domesticated hands. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. They are fallen angels who would be fierce to be called domestic in regards to their outgoing lifestyles of promiscuity and obsessive theology for prosperity. But still, they reap of the domesticness of inhabitants belonging to clay. They would protest by saying we have no settling down spirit relating settling down to a form of domesticness. But they are quite domestic, belonging to this clay, wandering for the benefits of this clay with their dying last breath of life. They are clearly darkened by fallen angels, wandering stars with no transparency of immortality. But heavenly remaining angels remain heavenly, staying in their righteous place of glory, not needing a shooting down close up before mortals to prove their immortal worth, not needing escapades of domestic dominance to prove their heavenliness. Father, your true angels remain your true angels. They remain strong forever in their place, for you keep them so. Daniel 12, 3. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of heaven, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Chapter 8, Intertwining Guardians. Perhaps, if you were to believe, I am your guardian star, having come to intertwine with you, if you believe in those sort of things, perhaps, if you were to believe, you were the one driving with speed into the bright city to minister. And I am the angelic voice that you heard first speaking of the falling star that fell to the ground and that has been intertwining with you in dialogue this whole time. That is, if you believe in those sort of things, that of strangers and angels intertwining, as in entertaining both strangers and angels at the same time. Perhaps, if you are still willing to believe, angels could write books, even this book, if you believe in those sort of things. Yes, I am in mortal tablet. But am I mortal tablet? 
Perhaps if you were really to believe, you are not the minister pilgrimaging in the parked car on the shoulder of the road, but you are in fact an angel of the minister standing right here beside me, your senior. You have been querying to shoot off on your own from your place of authority, overwhelmed by too much domestic intertwining. You are the guardian angel of the minister, remember? You have been tempted as he has been tempted to stray from your righteous place. You as an angel, he as a mortal. And you were furthermore tempted as he by the shiny star that you saw shooting off in the starry night sky for which you both were so enticed and so inspired and so overjoyed to be like wishing on a falling star. Surely I have come close to you to say, angel, don't fall away from heavenly lights. Angel, don't abandon your place of ministering light. Be like us as we be like Christ, the bright and morning star. Revelation 22, 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. Second Peter 1, 19. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. I know you wish to be like a shooting star shooting off in a spectacle of ministering light. Truly for the Father, for all mortal cities to see. But angel, do remain in your heavenly place and trust our Father. He knows best our cause. Trust my counsel. Only the Father can cause angels to truly fly. I know you feel weary of weight at times wishing to quickly settle your calling. I know too you are eager to evolve your calling, but you must wait. The airiness you feel in your calling right now is from sipping too much domesticness through mortal straw as you minister down to them, contaminating yourself with their domestic living. That is really no living at all. But fantastical platforms of mortal clay that weary the body and leads to their early death. It is the insolence of domestic living that causes these deranged feelings in you. Weariness to settle for less. Covetous to evolve for more. That you have mistakenly taken on as an angelic normalcy. Thus, they have become falling attractions, attractions to falling because you have so intertwined these domestic sinister sensations as being your own angelic sensation. These domestic sensations, weariness to settle for less, covetousness to evolve for more are not of heaven, but are from the norm, from the mortal below. This is not you, angel. You remember the Father's peace and contentment, the hope which you first and foremost shined 
Not this cowardliness to, to recline. Not this hatred to excel. Not this drunkenness of domestic wine to go shooting off on your own shine. Not this wanting to be less than heavenly light. Not this wanting to be more than heavenly light. Angel, this is not you. Those uncertain questions of frustrations, of shining and not shining, of being and not being, mean very little to us angels. Our only resolve of heart is to shine forth the Father's will, be it for countryside or city side. Not looking back to any self-evaluation. For whether we be shining in countryside or city side, our point of origin and reward is but heaven, where there is no conception of individual increase. We are all but one. The distressing confusion that you were experiencing came not from heaven, but from a domestic resolve which is based solely on self-evaluation of how well they are shining and not just on shining. It's not that we shouldn't be consciously aware of our ministry unto our Father and shine forth our best light unto His will, but to be consumed in self-evaluation is to be consumed in self-evaluation. Be in past tense, light already shined. Consumed in an inverted self-being and not in an outer self-doing. Starring in a historical light already shined and not in a light to be shined. Basing our present quality of light on a previous outcome, more so than on a previous obedience to shine forth as our Father would have us shine. Consider no such foolish dialogue of the head. The only mandate is to shine forth ministering light unto the fullness of our Father's will. The increase is His and His alone to share. We are but one. Neither listen thou to those shooting fellow stars. Their counsel are untrue. They too are drunken on domestic wine, staggering and wandering in self-awareness, trying to better themselves. How these fallen stars all behave the same. Though they boast quite well, they're being different than all the others who have so fallen. With their cores planted like iron in their hearts, they live as a millionaire, but soon discover their worth of 50 cents. It never fails. At first, they boast to be on their own, yet one by one, as their lights fade, they try to lure away one by one the weak angels of heavenly lights. Just as this shooting star vexed to do with you, to lure you away to become like him with his falling spectacle. With their shooting light fading, these falling angels try to cluster with the frail angels of heavenly light. But the father is too bright and none are snared. Then these darkened shadows slither further down mortal straws till they be so entwined that there be no way back. Their once pure love laced with domestic slothfulness and violence, worse than mortal. For mortals in their distress with guidance, 
would run toward pure love, but these demons in their distress run further from pure love, as was their shooting flight at first. But your love is pure like the Father, and with him you have only wanted to recline, and with him you have only wanted to shine, and also to shine together forever in unity with all of us. How could you ever breathe having insolence against our Father's midnight table when all the stars gather around to dine and their joys to share? The young and the old, the weak and the strong with one accord. The Father joys to embrace. Perhaps if you were really to believe you are not the minister in the parked car on the shoulder of the road, but you are in fact an angel of the minister standing right here beside me, your senior, you have been querying to shoot off on your own from your ordained place of authority. But you are not of flesh and blood. Flesh and blood cannot inherit this place which we stand. You are no longer the essence of mortal clay of domestic living. And neither is the soul of that minister in the parked car, which you have been a ministering angel to. Perhaps if you were to believe further, I am a senior angel with my hand gently on your shoulder whispering, Angel, are you okay? Stand strong. Don't leave your place of authority. The Father loves you. Angel, Angel, do you see that minister way down there in the dark, still sitting alone in that parked car on the shoulder of the road, pilgrimaging from us, still a heavenly path? He still needs your help. Why don't you strengthen him more? I'll be right here with you. Chapter 9, Angelic Consolation Strangers and angels intertwining Angels and senior angels intertwining All intertwine for unity of truth All to shine forth for the Father's glory That is, if you believe in those sorts of things so all you ministers, ministering heavenly lights, beginners or established, younger or older, nearer or further, we angels are right there by your side, ministering heavenly lights as you minister. And as you wait, even when you don't, even when all seems bleak, we are here. Just remain in your place and you will hear us speak from our place. We are one, one with you and one with all of heavenly light angels reflecting the Father's glory. Psalm 91 verse 9 If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You may not always grasp our forms or feel our wings, but we will always be there, right by your side in our place. We may be in a stranger, we may be in our angelic form 
We may be in the rushing wind. We may be in the dream. We may be in the small, still voice, but we will always be there. You will never be alone. We will always be there in our place to intertwine forth ministering light. Trust the Father of heavenly lights, for it is He who has sent us and is always sending us. Genesis 28, 12. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth. With its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. John 1, 51. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. We may not always be perfect. We may not always see all things. We may not always know all things, but we will always be true. To see what we see, to know what we know, and to share what he sends us to share. Rest assured, we will always be there for our Father is true. For there are far more of our stars remaining in our place in heavenly lights than those stars who go shooting away. We will always be there watching over you. You may only grasp our smile when life is dark, but we are there when it is light. We are the light, the light of Jesus our Christ. One thing more we kindly intertwine to ask of you. Revelation 22 verse 8. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of the scroll. Worship God. Acts 27, 23. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me. That is, if you believe in those sort of things.